brothers and sisters in Christ, a reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 through 39. Now let us attend to God's wisdom for us today. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside us, helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who loved him all along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands in the first line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. After God made that decision of what his children should be like, he followed it up by calling people by name. After he called them by name, he set them on a solid basis with himself. And then, after getting them established, he stayed with them to the end, gloriously completing what he had begun. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with the one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us? Who was raised to life for us? Is in the very presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us? Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, 
not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We are sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I'm absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our Master, embraced us. This ends this reading of this Holy Word. May it be good news to us. There are a few podcasts that I like to listen to on a regular basis. The first is The Daily. That comes from the New York Times. And usually that podcast lasts about half hour. They do a great job of trying to explain the main news of the day. But it's the second news podcast that I really enjoy. And that one is, by, is called The Daily 202. Um, it comes from the Washington Post, and it's hosted by a Minnesota native, James Holman. Especially now, he tends to have the voice that can express the news that is happening right now with a sense of emotion. Sometimes he will talk about people who have died from the coronavirus, and other times he will talk about the current state of America and how hard and difficult things have been. It's always interesting how he will talk more often than not in some ways somewhere in that podcast about saying it's been another hellish week in America. And of course he's right. He doesn't just share the news. He is sharing how we all feel at this time. Holman is telling the news. That's what a journalist does. But he is also joining us in this bewildering time, a time that is confusing and frustrating, and he is being open about his own confusion and frustration. He tells the people listening to the podcast that things are not well. He doesn't try to sugarcoat anything. He doesn't just leave you there because he is there with you, uncomfortable and flabbergasted. And be honest, and to be honest, let's be true, we are all dealing with an increasing amount of stress. The year 2020 is one that is filled with sadness, anxiety, and mourning. Parents are trying to find out what will happen to school this fall, if there will be school. And people are worried right now about getting evicted from their homes. There are adult children 
that worry about their elderly parents contracting COVID. The rates of the coronavirus are rising again, especially in places like Arizona and Texas. And we have no idea how the economy will go. The, the economy is still weakened after all of the things that shut down earlier this year and now are fearing that it will be shut down again as the virus gets out of control. People are angry, angry about racism, angry about police brutality. We worry about the November election. How in the world do you try to do an election in the midst of a pandemic? Everything that we are used to, everything that we used to know doesn't seem to work now. It's almost feeling like you're trapped in the upside down. That's the dangerous and horrible place that is made popular by the Netflix series, Stranger Things. It is a place filled with monsters and 2020 feels just like that. It is a place where it feels like our lives could be end, ended quickly for any reason. Paul knows a thing or two about living in tumultuous times. He was always living under threat, and he would die at the hands of Rome. The people who he is writing to, the church in Rome, had to actually leave the city because the emperor kicked all the Jews out of Rome. And so they were now just getting back and trying to get their lives back to normal. What are we to say about these things? That is the question that Paul asks. And you can imagine Paul asking this question to us now, in the midst of all of the problems that are going on in our world. What are we to say about these things? But then Paul answers his own question. If God is for us, then who is against us? But what does that mean? What does it mean that God is for us? What does it mean in our world and in our time? But Paul then tells us a thing or two about God. He tells us really about the relentless love of God, that God loves us no matter what happens in our lives no matter how much we sin by causing our own troubles. God does this because Jesus was not withheld from experiencing suffering in his own life, especially when he was here on earth. We know that God and Jesus was tortured and put to death in one of the most excruciating ways. Jesus knows suffering, and because of this, God understands our own lives. They say that the true test of friendship is how someone acts when you face tragedy in your life. We see how people who are friendly towards you when times are good desert you when things go south. I've experienced that in my own life recently. 
Sometimes the people who you thought were friends were only being nice. The thing is, God is not like that. God loves us, and God doesn't leave us even when we are mired in something of our own making. God is relentless and will never abandon us. What will separate us from the love of Christ, Paul says? Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? The answer is nothing. Nothing. Not a famine. Not a pandemic. Not the economy. Nothing separates us from God's love. And most of us actually, let's be honest, live in fear. We live in fear that God doesn't love us. We live in fear that the one, those closest to us don't love us. We feel that we are alone when everything goes wrong. We live with this guilt for what we have done to ourselves, to our friends, to God, and we feel that God cannot love us. I also know how that feels. But God doesn't leave us in those times. God doesn't leave us in these times. Paul ends chapter 8 with one of the most well-known phrases in Scripture. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what separates us from the love of God? Will any calamity separate us? No. Never. This made me think about a poem. And I want to share it to you. I'll tell you the title when I'm done. I fled him down the nights and down the days. I fled him down the arches of the years. I fled him down the labyrinthine ways of my own mind, and in the midst of tears, I hid from him an underrunning laughter. Up vistaed hopes I sped and shot precipitated, adown titanic glooms of chasmed fears, from those strong feet that followed, followed after. Those are the opening lines of the poem, The Hound of Heaven, from Francis Thompson. In this poem, Thompson is talking about the relentless love of God, and he likens it to a dog. And it is, of course, if you know a dog, they are relentless. Thompson had endured a lot of heartache in his own life. He had a lot of problems with his health, he also dealt with addiction. But through it all, God was there chasing after him, still showing devotion and love. So what separates us from the love of God? Nothing. No matter how dark the world gets, we are loved by a God 
that loves us just like a hound that will not stop until it reaches us and showers us with love. The journalist James Holman closes his main part of the podcast by saying, and that's the big idea. And here is the big idea that I want to leave with you this morning. We are loved by God. When we are fired from our jobs, when we have messed up our lives and hurt others, when we have fallen off the wagon, when we feel unloved, when we go after other gods, when we let others down, God is always there. God is always pursuing us. God reminds us that we are loved because of Jesus Christ, who experienced suffering and died for us. We are loved. In these times of uncertainty, this is a comfort. And that's the big idea. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.